Have you ever dreamed of going to Hollywood and making it big? Well, these are the stories of people who have made it, just in a different way. They're the unsung heroes behind the screens that make movies and television come to life. Welcome to the Right Scuff Podcast, where we talk about films and interview those who are just starting their careers to some of the biggest names in production and post-production. Our mission is to inspire you through the true stories of people who have achieved their dreams. We'll be talking to Foley artists, screenwriters, sound editors, picture editors, the list goes on. And for film fans, we'll be focusing on sound and what it takes to create Foley. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a writer. And I'm John, a professional Foley artist in the film business for over 40 years. He's worked on over 500 films and is a 37-time nominated and 9-time MPSD winner for big titles such as Inception, The Matrix, and The Dark Knight. You can find us online at therightscuff.com and please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Right Scuff podcast. We're your hosts, Sarah and John. So I've grown up with the film industry being a huge part of my life. We're here to share our love of movies with you and to talk about some of the careers that may not be as well exposed as maybe, say, actors and actresses, directors. So why don't you start off telling us what you do for a living? My name is John Resch, and I've been a professional Foley artist for the past 38 years. And during that time, I've um, experienced a lot of changes in the film business, but the one thing that has not changed has been the wonderment and the beauty of the art. And in fact, Foley artists, well, let's put it this way, there are more astronauts in the world than there are working professional Foley artists. So can you tell us what is Foley? Well, Foley was named after Jack Foley, who came up with the idea many years ago. And basically, it used to be you would take each footstep and cut it against the picture, that is the sound against the picture. Jack's idea was, hey, let's perform it. So imagine a movie theater, all the seats out, and we have various surfaces. There's dirt, there's gravel, there's wood. And watch a scene on the screen where somebody walks out of a, an apartment and walks up to a cab and have a microphone there. And there goes the screen where we're seeing it. And oh, we're walking in synchronization, if you will, with the person coming out of the door going up to the cab. And we're walking on the surfaces that approximate what we're seeing on the screen. So rather than cutting each footstep, as I said before, this was a, a game changer where it uh, really enabled the, the sound of the, of the effects that is fully being customized, being um, just more naturalistic and, and really more believable. And that's really what, what started everything that we are today. So you really could say, what is Foley? Foley is custom sound effects, named after Jack because we love him, but it's custom sound effects. And it can be anything. It can be uh, footsteps. It can be props. It can be movement. And props can be water splashes to drinking from a glass to having an explosion. And movement could be just that. It could be a little kiss or it could be uh, Batman's cape. So let's talk about why even have this job? I mean, can't you just, when you're filming the movie, take the sounds from what's actually happening? 
Well, you'd think so, but there's many reasons why what's called production sound doesn't cut it. Uh, maybe the actress who's the queen uh, is screaming, stop, catch that knight. And she has this incredibly long gown and dress and just it just makes a lot of noise. And she might have a lavalier microphone on. Well, as she's raising her arm to say stop, the dress moves against the microphone. So you kind of hear, you know, <laughs> or let's say we have an animated film. Well, guess what, folks? There is no such thing as, as original production. There is dialogue, you know, the actress and actress around microphones reading the script, acting the script, but there's no original. Okay, quiet on the set, you tunes. Let's go because it's all created from a computer. So everything you hear in an animated feature is uh, from somebody's uh, brain. Not only that, when you're filming a movie, you don't really think about everything else that's going on. You don't have control of absolutely everything, such as in life. You know, there's airplanes flying overhead. There's cars honking. There's people talking. Things happen. And sounds get muffled. So your job is actually really important to retell the story, right? Well, uh, George Lucas says that 50% of every film is sound. So that being the case, I, I think we help push the storyline forward. Now, mind you, you know, there's a triad when it comes to sound for film. There's music, dialogue, and sound effects. Foley is a subset of sound effects. The other subset of sound effects is hard effects. Think of Jet Engine. Bye, right? Um, but let's say we cut to the interior of a cockpit and we see the pilot having to grab the throttles and pushing them forward because he's got to raise the plane. Well, I might actually do the grabbing of the throttle. Uh, when I say I, it could be myself, my partner, Shelly, along with Scott, the mixer. And, or maybe it'll be he has to lean forward in his chair and there's a, a lot of um, gear that he's wearing, you know, all the straps to, to keep him in. So we will do all those what you could call incidental sounds. We do cross the line to, it used to be very black and white uh, back in the old days. Now we, we are asked to do some things that potentially you could call hard sound effects. So how do you choose or do you get to pick which sounds you're creating? There must be a lot between, like you said, drinking water, footsteps. How do you know what to do? Well, fortunately, we're given a roadmap. They're called cue sheets and the cue sheets will tell us what to do. And typically they're broken out by, okay, here are the cue sheets for footsteps and here are the cue sheets for props and then maybe some for movement. Um, let's say if it's, a, if it's a war film, there might be a separate cue sheet for equipment or, and, or even a gun rattle. And so you said that you work with one or two other people? Yes, I work with Shelley Roden. She's my Foley partner. And uh, Scott Curtis, he's the mixer. And that comprises the team uh, in Archive One Foley. And it's really been great. So why is it important to have a team? Why can't you just authenticate all the movie sounds yourself? Well, I just can't say, A, I'm that talented, or B, I have that much <laughs> energy. Um, I, I, truly, there is no I in team, if you've ever heard that old adage. And, you know, I might have an idea for something, but Shelly might say, hey, why don't we try this? And it could be infinitely better. Or maybe I conversely will say, well, you know, why don't we try that? And of course, Scott, then he can do his thing too. He might suggest an actual prop or certainly he has a lot of electronic controls and tricks that he can use. Really, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that whatever we've done, you don't know we've done it. It just all seems correct. 
So you just want to sit back, relax, and enjoy the movie and have it feel real and authentic. That's right. If we've done our job right, you don't know we've done it. All right. So just to give you guys a little bit of an idea what John has worked on, I'm on his IMDb. And feel free to follow along. If you have any questions, go on our Facebook and ask us. All right. So here we go. We've got some classics like Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., and Footloose. We've got some Disney like The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Frozen. Some really emotional ones like The Shawshank Redemption and Fight Club. Some Marvel movies, Doctor Strange, Captain America, and Thor. And last, we have some action movies like The Matrix and The Dark Knight. So why don't you take us back to where this all began? I mean, I'm sure you didn't wake up as a child and think, hey, I'm going to be a Foley artist when I grow up. So how did this all begin? Well, boy, that was sure a circuitous route I took. I mean, I was very shy in high school. And turns out one day I was walking the halls as a freshman in, in high school, and I went past this this room. I looked inside, I saw this big fellow, kind of looked like Falstaff, you know, from Shakespeare. And he had a beard, and I thought, wow, this doesn't look like a typical teacher. So this guy motioned me in and asked me my name. I said, uh, I'm John. He goes, well, I'm Brian Morgan. Nice to meet you. And I need help with lighting here. I'm the theater arts teacher. This is my first year here, and I need help. So can I sign you up? I said, sure. So not, not really knowing what that meant, but uh, th- this guy seemed like a real force of nature, so I, I really didn't think I could refuse said, show up for class tomorrow. So I, I went in class, sat down, and sure enough, my name's up on the board, John Resch, and I look across, and it doesn't say lighting, though. It said um, Vinny. I'm thinking, what does that mean? Then I realized he had cast me in a play. It was a Neil Simon play. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. So shy you. You thought you were going in for lighting. No, 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 no. And uh, um, it's, uh, The Odd Couple was the name of the play. And that was really the start. It kind of broke me out of being uh, introverted, where because literally, you know, you go on stage, you have to project, you have to do certain things and interact with other people. And um, it really brought me out of my shell. And I, I'm eternally grateful to Brian. He's passed on, but I still feel the spirit is with me. So from that, I'd done a lot, and I got accepted to a couple places around the country. But this one place in particular in San Diego really struck my fancy, and it was called the United States International University School of Performing Arts. Well, that's a mouthful. But the great thing about the SPA, as it's fondly called, or at least remembered, is they mounted an incredible amount of productions a year. So I knew I was going to have to get in there and really just do a lot of acting, if you will. While I was there, I hung out with this group of older students, uh, one guy by the name of Christopher R. He was a nice guy, a, a tall guy with the flaming red hair and a flaming red Fu Manchu. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really all characters in college, which was great. And he and I chatted and another guy, Alan Ames, uh, was his friend and, and, and some other people. So long story short, they knew I had a, a, a camera, a Super 8, you know, f- film camera. And I shot some things in high school. And was it rare to have a camera back then? I suppose it was, but uh, so that makes more sense because I, here I am thinking, you know, every kid has their cell phone. You know, <laughs> you could 
film something at the drop of a hat. So back then, it was a little more rare to have a camera then. Yeah, because my cell phone was like seven pounds. Which was this, <laughs> this, 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 if you this, even had a cell phone. Right, no, sure. no, of course, I had no cell phone. Back then. I mean, literally, the cell phone was, quote, the camera. The camera was a Bolex, and it was a Super 8 camera. So we sat down, and we talked about it. And indeed, um, Chris directed it, along with Alan producing it. I helped a little bit and, in fact, shot all of it and cut the picture. And they had the idea of put the sound from uh, Pink Floyd, some some uh, some source material in there, and we entered the San Diego Film Festival. And by gosh, we won the festival. Nineteen, I want to say seventy-two. Wow. I'll have to fact check that, but I think that was it. It's incredible. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I thought, well, heck, I'm now our director. Well, so wait, tell us the movie. What was the movie about? The movie was called Indian Magic Is What You See, and it was about a man confronting his his need to make a decision and the decision would take him down either one path or the other which is kind of apropos to, to my life and the, and the career we're talking about here because uh, I mean if you had asked me when I was 12 years old what I wanted to be I, I would probably say maybe a police officer or fireman in fact when I first moved out to Los Angeles I took the uh, LA City fire um, test I don't, don't even know if I ever told you this. That's news to me. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. And uh, I took the written test, passed that, and then I did some of the um, the physical test. But uh, they then had a hiring freeze. And they said, well, you know, we might get back in five years. So great. And by the way, the reason why I did LA City is because I wanted to be uh, uh, an EMT uh, slash firefighter. You know, here I am now. We made this film. And I decided, well, this is really the way I want to go because I don't necessarily want to be the starving, you know, um, actor, maybe I could be a director, went to NYU Film School and met some great people there and made a film there, which then gained interest into the American Film Institute. And at the AFI, all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. I didn't love it enough. Mm. Now, I had been doing some on-the-side assistant directing, and actually there, in fact, I assistant directed Marshall Herskovitz's film, second-year film, Location scouting, some other things. And I really had a knack for that. And that I just really excelled at. Not that I didn't... I, I liked directing. I didn't love it. So, so I you just knew that it really wasn't what your heart desired? It just it didn't feel like it was the right fit. Okay. So I I thought, well, the heck, you know, I think I think I got to check out this other area more. So I started doing that. And then, um, coincidentally, this gal, Desia Markovsky, and her husband, Emil Razbopov, who helped? <laughs> Those <laughs> they, are fun names. I know, I love them. They, uh, she actually was my script supervisor on my AFI film. Uh, she said, "Hey, John, I need some help, you know, doing sound on a film." I said, "Sure, you know, I mean, I'm, it's quid pro quo." I, I, she helped me. I'll help her. So I went into this this film and I broke down sound effects back in the analog days, and that was fine. She also came in one day while I was working and looked at my shoes. And said, "Well, you're a runner, right?" I said, "Yeah, I'm, I jog." And she goes, "Good." Uh, come to the Foley stage with us tomorrow. We're going to be doing some Foley. I had no idea what she was talking about, but okay. Next day, we go to the Foley stage. Look look on the screen there. See that guy running? I want you to run. Okay, so I ran. Uh, I started running across the room. No, no, don't do that. Run in place. Oh, why? Because well, there's a microphone there. Oh, okay, fine. So I ran all over the place, not realizing I needed to stay in place. So anyway, I did that. Driving home, I thought, boy, that's really a stupid job. And I get home that night, and by gosh, her husband called me. Emil and said, hey, look, I need you to come tomorrow to help out. I'm doing this trailer, and I need some Foley. So I said, sure. Next morning, I'm backing out of my garage, 
in Venice in my convertible, a little convertible car. And uh, I'm backing up. I'm backing up. All of a sudden, oh, wait. Oh, I almost hit the woman behind me. Who? Oh, it's Joan Rowe. She's the manager of my apartment building. Hey, Joni, how you doing? Hey, Johnny, how you doing? I said, well, I'm doing good. I'm going to the Foley stage. Figuring, <laughs> she's not going to know what that is. She said, really? I said, yeah, because, well, that's what I do. In fact, they just fired somebody where I'm working. Maybe they can hire you. I, I, I thought, wow, she's, she's off her nut. I don't even <laughs> know her. And she's, I said, well, oh, sure, Joan, thanks. Oh, I'll talk to you later. So I take off, help a meal, come back home. And this is back in the day of answering machines. The film I was going to do some AD work on got pushed back a couple months. So I thought, hmm, maybe I should take Joan up on her idea because maybe that would help me pay the rent. So I called Joan and she said, look, I'll uh, have them give you a call. In fact, they did. Ted Gamillion was the name of this guy. He had a place called Gamillion Sound on McCadden Place in Hollywood. And I went in and met him and his wife, Tip. And they said, you go to the stage. And if Bob Duchesne likes you, he'll tell you at the end of the day and you'll be hired. Hmm, okay. So I went in and by gosh, the name of the film we worked on was called Maui about a guy smoking marijuana in Hawaii. I'm thinking, well, this is going to be easy. The guy's going to be sitting around all day. Nope. What does he do? <laughs> he runs all over the place. So the first day, the first real job, if you will, I ran all over the place and had a great time. In fact, I've been running ever since, 38 to 40 years later, depending on how you look at it. Wow, so that's how you got started. That is how I got started. I pointed myself to actually doing the job of Foley as a professional, or at least my understanding of it. Back then. And what a great and valuable lesson for anyone listening out there. You fell in love with Foley and you had, like you said, you did it quid pro quo. You volunteered to help out a woman and then something really special came from it. So that's kind of a really good learning lesson for anyone out there. I think that's true. I mean, I, I ask people, you know, well, what do people tell you you're good at? And you, you hit it on the head because... Uh, I did not really go into Foley or even, I knew I was going to be in the arts somewhere. Acting was it. I knew somehow I was going to make it somewhere. I just didn't know specifically how. So, you know, I kept getting closer and closer to the goal, even unknowing, you know, just being open to going through doors, mm -hmm. if you will. I didn't have any preconceived notions because typically back in the day, there were certain things that Foley artists did and, and many things they didn't do. I didn't know there were any rules. I just did whatever somebody wanted me to do. And and I wasn't afraid to take a chance. So what was it like? Did you ever just wake up and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm working on E.T., on Back to the Future, on Little Mermaid? And was there ever a moment where you were like, wow, this is really happening for me? I don't know that I really had, had a, a moment, a gobsmack moment, uh, per se. I just would love it when I would go to the screening of the film I worked on and just sit there and just be in awe of what I was seeing on screen. I'm not talking about what I did. I'm talking about I love films, you know, and seeing E.T. and all its beauty, you know, an incredible score, the, the, just, just the performance. Everything about it was wonderful. It made me cry. I mean, I just love That's what I love about film. You know, it really, it really can touch you. Right. It tells a story. Right. So that's what it, it really, to me, makes it worth it slash, you know, that, that's that's the give back, if you will, for me. That, that's, that's what I love. Besides, when we're working on a film, when we have a chance then to play the particular reel back we've been working on for the client, or if they can't make it for ourselves, in going and seeing and hearing how, okay, here's how it's coming together. Oh, this is good. You know, that, that's, that's very satisfying too. 
what is it like, you know, you're hearing the story being told and you kind of have to get into the role of each character. For example, a more recent movie you've done is Doctor Strange. You know, how do you really get into each of the characters that are there? You know, obviously there's different movements. They all have their own little unique personalities. How do you bring characters to life? Well, I think we talked about the cue sheets before, had we not? Yes. Okay, so so we have a roadmap telling us what to do. But moreover than that, too, between Shelley and myself, um, let's say for Doctor Strange, uh, there's a particular sound we want the footsteps to have. In fact, we will do samples. We will send tests to the client, you know, um, in this case, Shannon Mills, to have them listen to him. And he'll go, oh, I like B. And so that'll be the shoes for Doctor Strange. So... But, of course, hopefully our um, experience will dictate what we think is going to have the right feeling of soul, if you will, to that, part of the pun. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, over time, you've just learned what is going to sound good with each character? Yeah, over time, we, we, have a, we have a sense of what will be good. We verify that by, again, doing tests and things and having feedback. And, of course, again, Scott's the other component to that, too, because we might have a shoe that sounds really good but not quite right and he'll go hey let me do this or that and do his thing electronically whatever and all of a sudden that's it it's perfect so what advice do you have for people out there who want to do this what what should they be researching what should they be looking at well that's a uh, pretty simple actually they go to afi uh, website and look up the top 100 films or maybe google it you need to see all those films then you should also Look at some of the foreign filmmakers, Kurosawa, Japan, um, Bresson, um, Bunuel, many, many directors from France, and really immerse yourself in, in film. Uh, edit some films. Take some film courses where you're editing. Uh, take a little sound editing. Get used to that to see what that's like. Uh, you really should uh, play some type of game like tennis where you're getting aerobics and also hand-eye coordination. And then set up a little something at home where you can just record uh, footsteps, if you will, you know, at home while you're watching your, your, your TV. Let's say for, uh, oh, I don't know, Big Bang Theory, let's say. So you're getting an idea of what it's like to actually use your body in sync with the picture. That's just a quick overview of what I would suggest somebody do if they really want to get into the Foley world. Also, too, though, I'd say be open to what comes along that makes sense. Because again, if you recall, I did not start out wanting to be a Foley artist. I'm very grateful I am, but I just knew I wanted to be in the film business somewhere. So I think that's an abject lesson for everybody. You know, I completely agree. And there are so many people who go to bed at night dreaming about being in the film industry, who are going to love your tips and who are going to want to hear from our future guests and what they have to say. And this is all very exciting for us and I'm really happy with this first episode. How are you feeling? Pretty doggone good. I, uh, <laughs> it's been really a treat for me, especially you, my daughter, uh, interviewing me. I feel like uh, the spotlight's on me, so I better come through. <laughs> you, oh, you always do. Appreciate everybody listening. That's all I really want to say. And I think uh, we're going to have some fun coming up. Absolutely. We hope this has given you all at least a little glimpse into the world of Foley. And maybe you're the type of person who's sitting there thinking, you know, John and Sarah, I just really can't picture what you're talking about. I'm more of a visual learner. And that's totally fine. John's actually been on Wired. The video is called 
where the sounds from the world's favorite movies are born, and that'll give you a visual on what a Foley stage is like. And be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Instagram, YouTube. There'll be a segment called Items of the Week where I show you some of John's famous Foley props. We're gonna be doing some contests and some shout outs for our fans. There's a lot of different ways to connect with us. We also have Facebook where you can ask us questions, though these first few episodes are pre-recorded. So for now, we'll be answering your questions on Facebook. We wanna help you all reach your dreams in the film industry. And we wanna bring you some fun content and you can help us do that. How? Leave a comment on iTunes and give us five stars. That's really the trick. We also wanna give a shout out to Charles Colmeyer because he made the art for our podcast. Thank you, Charles. I want to thank you all really for listening and subscribing. And I think you're going to find this is really going to be interesting. So hopefully you'll check in the next episode. And if you need any more information, please go to the website, therightscuff.com. <laughs>